So today is, and you know that, uh, basically what has become an unofficial holiday in the United States. It's, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and you know it's a holiday or close to it when those that know, those that keep track of these things, tell us that there will be more food consumed by Americans today than any other day of the year except Thanksgiving. So more food today than any other day of the year except Thanksgiving. And you're going to have to hold on to your seats for this next one. It's almost too hard to believe. The, the, National, uh, or the National Chicken Council, the American National Chicken Council, tells us that today Americans will eat 1.33 billion chicken wings one, I had to look, I looked that up several places because I read it the first time I said that can't be true. But the National Chicken Council, and it's, you know, they're based out of Washington, D.C., so they got to be telling the truth. You know that. <laughs> 1.33 billion. I didn't, you know, if you had told me or asked me if there had been a billion chickens ever lived, I'd have said no. <laughs> but uh, 1.33 billion chicken wings. If they were to lay those side by side, those chicken wings, from Foxborough, Massachusetts, where New England plays, down to Atlanta, Georgia, where, of course, the Falcons play, you would lay them back and forth 80 times. 80 times. In fact, it would circle the globe three times with chicken wings. They tell us that if one of those football players would eat two wings a minute, starting right now, it would take almost 1,300 years to eat all those chicken wings. So, you know, facts that you never thought you would get at church, right? But besides that, they tell us we will eat 8 million pounds of guacamole, 8.2 million pounds of guacamole, 8 million pounds of tortilla chips, 11 million pounds of potato chips. And with that comes 27 billion calories just in potato chips. 2.7 or, or uh, it is um, 1.8 billion grams of fat in those potato chips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Domino's Pizza tells us they'll deliver 11 million slices of pizza and their drivers will dra travel about 4 million miles in delivering pizza today. And of course, the most uh, unsurprising fact is that tomorrow, antacid sales will increase 20% <laughs> projected. And that is truth. So that's Super Bowl in a, in a nutshell. But you know, each Super Bowl is different and brings different memories. 15 years ago, it was February 3rd, 2002. Super Bowl was in the Superdome in New Orleans. And it was less than five months after September 11th. And so the country was still shaken. The country was still dealing with the after effects of this tragedy that had happened. And one of the more memorable aspects of that Super Bowl was the pregame show when out came uh, Sir Paul McCartney with 500 children, all which represented one from all of the 180 countries to which the Super Bowl was being broadcast. And McCartney performed a song that he had written the day after September 11th, and it was called Freedom. And the words of that song are here, at least the beginning on the screen. It says, this is my right, a right given by God, to live a life free, to live a life in freedom. We talking about freedom, talking about freedom. I will fight for the right to live in freedom. 
Now, those last two lines, I will fight for the right to live in freedom, does not sound like the Beatles of the 60s, that's for sure, where we gave peace a chance and, and everything there. But as you mature and as you grow and as you become to appreciate things, sometimes your views change. And it really changed for Paul because he was sitting on September 11th on his plane on the tarmac of JFK Airport, unable to take off, watching what was happening. He could see the smoke. He could see the destruction. And so he was affected very much personally with that. And as he later said it to the crowd who was play, when he was playing for the, at the concert for New York City, he said, it's about freedom. There's one thing these people don't understand. These people, he's talking about the terrorists. That's worth fighting for. And finally, he was interviewed, and I have this quote up on the screen from an interview that he did. He said, to me, it's a we shall overcome. That's sort of how I wrote it. It's like, hey, I've got freedom. I'm an immigrant coming to America. Give me your huddled masses. And that's what it means to me. It means to me is don't mess with my rights, buddy, because I am now free. That was Paul McCartney. There was another Paul that we've been talking about recently, the Apostle Paul. And I think he might have those same comments. Looking at Satan, he might say, don't mess with my rights, buddy. <laughs> I am now free. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew that it wasn't a government, it wasn't a nation that gave him his freedom. His freedom came from a different source. And so this morning we're looking at... Uh, Paul's second big idea. Last week, it was the supremacy of Christ. And this week, it is that we have freedom through Christ. His freedom did not come through a nation. His freedom did not come through a government. It did not come through a document. His freedom came through Jesus Christ. And in fact, he, I'm sure, echoed many times those words of Jesus from John chapter 8 when he was approached by those who were starting to follow him and the scripture says they were beginning to believe in him. He says this, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And so I think the thrill of freedom for the Apostle Paul is no less and is actually greater than that that Paul McCartney would have felt as he was sitting there and thinking about what had been sacrificed for our freedom as a country. So Paul writes about it. This is one of his big ideas. And so we are in the book of Colossians, and we are in chapter 2 of Colossians. Like I say, last week we were talking about the supremacy of Christ. Christ is the creator. Christ is all in all. He is over all. He has all authority. He has all power. And he has the fullness of God in him. And so now Paul takes it to the second step. And we start, I'd uh, love to do all of chapter two, but we only have a half hour rather than an hour. So we're going to cherry pick some of the verses here as we go through. And we're just going to talk about them and, and get this, what Paul is saying to us about this freedom that's in Christ. The freedom that I believe he would say, don't mess with me because now I'm a free man. I'm a free man. And it begins here in Colossians chapter two. He says this. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. We see right off that he is writing here, after he's written about Christ, he's now writing to people who are Christians. In fact, he says in there, you have received Christ. 
So these are people who, have, who understand freedom. They know what it is to have the freedom that comes from Jesus Christ to be released and forgiven and delivered from your sins. So he says this, uh, you have received Christ, but he says, now continue. Don't stop there. He says, push on, continue. And he uses some, some terminology, metaphors that, that he uses that people would understand, just like he always does. He talks, and Jesus talked this way. He talked to the common people. He says, like agriculture, because a lot of these folks would have known agriculture. He said, rooted, get rooted. And then he says, build up. You know, they don't have carpenters there, just like Jesus' father, carpenter, builders. He says, get rooted, build up. Just continue to add to in your, in your Christian walk. Be strengthened, be, be encouraged, be challenged as you are taught. Keep it up, continue. And that's some great thoughts. And, and we could look there, and I appreciate what he has to say, but I really then, I look at this next, where we're headed, and it's almost like he says, but I've got a warning for you, a warning. When, um, before we moved here, we lived in a house for 25 years. It had been the home that... We had been in 25 years, and we, we loved it. It was out in the country. We had 10 acres, and you, we were 100 yards back from the road that we were on, and so it was really quiet, especially at night. So quiet. You'd go out and build a fire and, and enjoy it, and then go to bed. And we were on the second floor of a two-story home built in 41 with no air conditioning, so we'd open up the windows, and the air would come in. It was quiet, beautiful. Across, our, across the road from us was another beautiful home with us, Gentleman's farm, you know, those barns that are painted perfect and the, the, the fences that are just perfect and the lake that's gorgeous. And I loved it. And it was uh, so peaceful. Except for just to the east of this neighbor across the street was a business. Very neat, very clean, pole building, nothing kept very nice. But I don't know how many times, countless times, one, two, Three o'clock in the morning, be laying there with windows wide open. All of a sudden, I'd hear, warning, 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 warning. Get off the property. Authorities will be called. Warning, warning. <laughs> then it stopped. stop. I remember the first time, okay. But then about 10 seconds later, warning, warning. Warning, warning, get off the property. Authorities will be called. Warning, warning. And it would go on and on and on. And I, said, I lay there thinking every time. I, I, I never did figure out if the authorities have to come and turn it off or how they realize it or if, or if they just wait till the battery runs down. I don't know. It, was, it would go on and on. You want to get to sleep at one and two in the morning. Here's warning, warning. And, but I, I, I kind of feel like Paul's right here. Paul was just told all these great things about Jesus Christ. He's just told him that he's got all authority, all power. He's, he is over all. He, is, he holds the worlds together. The fullness of God's are in him. God is in him. And now, and now you can continue in him, but warning, warning, <laughs> warning, warning. Let's look at verse 8. Warning, warning. See to it, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceit, this deceptive, deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. He's saying, 
you're, you're, you, you, you've, you're a Christian. You've taken that step and you're growing, you're maturing. Watch out. Watch out because there are forces, there are individuals, there are people, there, or there is somebody who wants to take you captive. You are free and they want you to be captive again. Paul would have known all about this. Paul lived his life at times in chains, probably much stronger than this one. Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. He's writing this letter and he's saying, make sure no one takes you captive and he's, and he's pr- imprisoned. He understands what it's like to be free and to give it up. And he says as a Christian, he says, folks, don't let your freedom be taken away from you. If someone comes and tries to take your freedom away, say, no way, buddy. I'm a free man now. I'm a free man now. And so Paul understands that. And he says, they're going to do it, but they're not going to do it like you're used to it. They're not going to come in with their sword. They're not going to come with their clubs. They're not going to come in with their guns. He says, they're going to come in with this philosophy. But it's hollow and it's deceptive. And it's going to try to chain you up and bind you again. And he says two things about it. He says, first of all, it's based on human tradition. It's got a human origin. Here we have a, we have a story and we have a savior that we said is from heaven. He has he is, he is, he is originated from God. He's come from God. He is God. And now he says, don't get caught up in all these human traditions. Don't let people say, oh yes, Jesus, but you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this because we've always done it that way. He said that, you know, Paul was very familiar with this. There were over 600, 613 rules and regulations that going through the, 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 uh, the Old Testament, his, his five books of law, the five books of law there, they would say, wow, we, we got these rules and we got to follow them. And Paul was used to that. And he says, no, no, no. Those have led to so many traditions, so many things that, that don't, bring you, don't bring God glory. He says, those, those have nothing to do with Christ. That last words, he said, they, 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 they're on the world rather than Christ. And the other thing, it says the elemental, elemental spiritual forces. Anybody got a clue as to what elemental spiritual forces are? <laughs> uh, elemental spiritual forces are kind of like the, uh, the ABCs of philosophy. It's, it's simple, plain philosophy. But it has its root, not in godly things, but in the spiritual world. It's the, it's the philosophies of astrology, the philosophies of, you know, what today we might call chakras and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, the, element, it's the elements that, that don't come from God. They come from human thought. They come from Satan himself. It pays to know how Satan works, especially in your life and in my life. How does Satan try to bind each one of us up again? It's through deceptive, hollow thoughts. Study him. See how he works. Look at Genesis chapter 3. How does Satan work? He lies. He accuses. He says to God, hey, or to Eve, did God say you can't eat from anything here? No, that's not true. Well, if you eat it, you won't die. That's not true. He lies. He's a deceiver. Peter tells us he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he says, be alert. Be wise. Study your opponent. When you're, when, if, you're, if your desire is not to be captive, study your opponent and know how he works, especially in your life and in my life. 
When I go into this situation, how is Satan going to work? If I deal with that individual, how is he going to work? You know, that's what I like about, and, and a little bit about football again here, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. By the way, uh, uh, the Patriots will win 24 to 21. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Don't take it to the bank. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be interesting because uh, Falcons are going to score three touchdowns and the Patriots are going to score 12 safeties to get that. Tw- so 24, 20, 24, 21, okay? Anyhow, as you study Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, actually they, they say today, over his, especially as he's gotten older, Belich- uh, Brady is 39 years old, quarterbacking, uh, still like he's a, a young man. He spends very little time in practice anymore. In fact, they say some days he doesn't practice at all. Other days he'll come out and he'll do some throws just to stay sharp. What, he, what makes him so devastating is his study of film. And they say Bill Belichick and him will sit down and Belichick will come in with, with like 15 uh, clips of the other team's best defensive back, watching how he reacts to every pattern that their receivers will run. And he studies them over and over and over and over again. So he knows when I call this play and this receiver goes this way, that defensive back is going to break this way or he's going to do that because that's his habit. That's, his, that's the way he does things. And they say he doesn't stop there. He goes to the next defensive back and then the next defensive back and the next defensive back and then to the linebackers. And they study the linebackers because they got to know their, their opponent. He says it's not that important, the offense that they run. In fact, he'll let the, the, the backup quarterbacks do most of the practice because I, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to know about him. He needs to know about his opponent and what they do. And Paul tells us here, watch out because your opponent's out there and he wants to take you captive. So you need to know. You know, C.S. Lewis would say we make two, mis- two mistakes with, with talking about demons. We either talk about them too much and we got a demon around every corner. In fact, you, you back out of your be back out of your uh, garage and you run over a nail and you say that was a demon. Well, no, you need to clean your garage. <laughs> you know. But the other mistake we make is we, don't, is we ignore them. We ignore the powers, the elemental spiritual powers and think, ah, he, he's not out to destroy me. He's not out to take me captive. And Paul's saying, warning, warning. He's out there and he's out there to take people captive. They do it through this hollow and, and, and deceptive philosophies, teachings that aren't of God. They'll do it again and again. And believe me, folks, times haven't changed. We have those same hollow and deceptive philosophies being bandied about all through churches and all through our, our society today. And he summarizes it all up by this saying, they, they, they aren't on Christ. They aren't on Christ. So he goes on and he explains how Christ has set us free, verse 13 and 14. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumstances, uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave all us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it on the cross. And these two verses... In these two verses, Paul lays out this theology that basically tells us all about how we are changed. He says this. He says, you were dead in your sins. Christ made you alive. He forgave you your sins. And he canceled your debt. And it was through the cross. Right there is everything. You were dead. Christ made you alive. He forgave your sins. He canceled your debt. And it's all through the cross. 
that having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. I like the way the NRSV version says it better. It says this, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. Do you know that we all here, you, me, either have or had a rap sheet? You know what a rap sheet is? Nothing to do with music. (laughs) A rap sheet is a criminal record. We have all had or have a criminal record. Some of us have longer records than others. Some have misdemeanors and some have felonies. But the Bible tells us that we have all sinned. And so we all have a rap sheet. No one can keep all of this. And so we all are guilty. So one rap sheet's better than another, we're still guilty. And this version, and this says that God forgave our sins and he erased the record. He erased the record that stood against us. He freed us. But he tells us this. It's the same thing that you've known for years if you're an American. Same thing that maybe McCartney discovered is that freedom comes at a cost. And freedom from sin, freedom from Satan came at a tremendous cost and Jesus paid it. In fact, going on to verse 12, verse 15 says this, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Again, this is a metaphor. When, uh, when the generals in the Roman army would conquer, they would take the, the, the person they conquered, the, the leader, the king, that important person, and to make sure everybody knew, they would strip them of everything they would have, including likely their clothes in many cases, and they would lead them on a parade through the city to let everybody know, we have conquered. And it says, Jesus has done that same thing. He has made a spectacle of them. He's made a spectacle of them. The the victory is sure. You are free, but warning, warning, don't let anybody capture you. That's his warning. But now we finally get to the, the crux of what Paul is saying. In fact, maybe the big reason he wrote this letter, and it's here in verse 16 and 17, Starts off with therefore. You know, you've heard before, when you see the word therefore, you should stop and ask what it's there for, right? Think of everything you've just heard. Everything you've heard. Don't be taken captive. Don't be taken captive. Don't let those hollow, those deceptive philosophies grab you and capture you. Take away your freedom. And he says this, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to the religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are the shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Paul, before he met Christ, would have been very, very much a stickler for some of these days. Certainly to keep the Sabbath the way they thought it should be kept. 
Some of these celebrations, they must be if you're going to bring God, if you're going to, if you're going to appease God. And here he's saying, you know, we don't have to worry about appeasing God anymore. Those celebrations, those things that were there, they weren't the real thing. They were a shadow. They were only a picture of Christ. Now Christ is here. The regulations, the food regulations, celebrations, Sabbath observances, they're all saying Christ is not enough. And Paul's saying that's wrong. Christ is enough. His sacrifice is all you need. Don't let any other deceptive and empty theologies, philosophies tell you otherwise. Jesus Christ is all you need. So he goes on in verse 20 and 21. He says this, since you have died with Christ to the world, to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish, with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining central, central indulgences. He says you can keep the regulations and you can attempt all you want, but the more you do that, the more you're in bondage to them. You can, you can try, to, try to make God feel better by acting better and doing all good things, but, but that does not make you right with God. It's only through Jesus Christ erasing, erasing your criminal record that you're made right. And so Paul says, don't let people tell you that you've got to do this on top of accepting Christ. Don't let people tell you that accepting Jesus is not enough. You've also got to do this, 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 and this. That's being in bondage. Now, Paul was misunderstood. And you could almost misunderstand me on this because the Roman people, the Romans, thought, wow, Paul's saying that means if we don't have any rules to live by and God's grace comes to us more when we sin, the more we sin, the more God's grace comes. And he says, no, no, no. Don't go sinning just for grace to increase. That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, he tells the Corinthians, he said, everything is permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial. But he does say this, I am free. And when Satan comes to me and says, no, you're not, and he starts reminding me in my mind of things I've done in the past, no, 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 I'm not picking that chain up back again. When he comes up and says, you're, you're, you're guilty, you're guilty. He says, no, I'm not. Chains have been cut. I'm not, I'm not guilty anymore. And so many times we carry these guilt and we carry these cares year after year after year. And, and Paul says, hey, tell Satan, watch it, buddy. I'm free now. I'm a free man. Get out of my way. Get behind me. I'm free. You know, even, even Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that Jesus came and he died for us. And one of the reasons is, is, is because to release people from their fear of death. Because some, some of us are so bound up in our fear of disease and death and all of that that, that, that we, we need freedom. We need freedom. Paul's serious about this. He's serious about this all through his writing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he says this. 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stop right there, that sentence. That's That's kind of a weird sentence, isn't it? It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Sounds repetitive, and it is. Because Paul wants to make sure in this case, he was, he, these folks were coming in, they were saying to the Galatian people, oh, you gotta do this, and you gotta do this, and you gotta do this. Yeah, you've accepted Christ, but you better get circumcised. Yeah, you better you accept Christ, but you better observe this. Yeah, you accepted Christ, but you better do this. And he says, no, 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 Christ has set us free. It's for freedom. So we, so we are free to live for Christ, that he has set us free. He says then, stand firm. Don't let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't let someone come back up and chain you and take away your freedoms. Live as a free person. I don't have to revisit again the sins. I don't have to, I don't have to spend days in sorrow for what I did. It's forgiven. It's erased. In fact, going on, he says, you, are, you who are trying to be justified by the law, you keep trying have been alienated from Christ. Wow, that tells me the more and more I try, the more bound up I get. The more I'm alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which you hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressed itself through love. Jesus Christ has come, and through love, we serve him. Through love, we give our hearts to him. I brought a copy with me today of my rap sheet. Can we put my rap sheet up there? There it is. <laughs> yeah, isn't that good looking? That's my rap sheet. That's your rap sheet, yeah. If you said yes to Jesus Christ, if, if you, as the verse says, if you have received Christ as Lord, this is your rap sheet right here. And someday when I stand before the Lord and he says, okay, let's look at your rap sheet, I don't have to, I'll know. And when he says, looks good, looks clean, I'll say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for erasing all of what bound me. And thank you, Lord, for allowing me to live a free life. Sin? Oh, yeah. Still sin now and then, but Lord, I'm sorry. I'm glad his eraser never runs out. (laughs) He's got a big eraser. And I don't know what's got you bound up, but when Paul says... Paul says that uh, we have Christ, Christ has come and freedom to set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. He's saying whatever it is, whatever, if, it's, if it's a pain in your past, um, he came to make you free from it. If it's a sorrow or a guilt, wow, guilt is huge. You know, there's some things I could really feel guilty about. And then I turn around, I look up, gone. The chains are gone. The chains are gone. It's forgiven. It's erased. This morning, I'd encourage you, look at Satan and say, forget it, buddy. I'm a free man now. 
Forget it, buddy. I'm a free woman now. I'm free. And if you're, if this, I know we struggle. We struggle at times. And if you're struggling this morning, very well could be, we're going to sing a song. Break every chain. Break every chain. It says uh, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And then there's a little uh, bridge or something there that says this, all sufficient sacrifice. It's just what Paul was saying, right? All sufficient sacrifice. So freely given such a price. Bought our redemption. Heaven's gates swing open wide to break every chain. Break every chain. We're going to sing it together. And if, if your chains have been broken, I want you to sing with gusto. If your chains have been broken, but you're struggling that maybe Satan's trying to, through guilt, sorrow, uh, whatever it might be, that you're struggling. We've got one foot lengths of chain up here. And Gabe's going to be over here and I'm going to be over here. And uh, we're going to be holding up these chains. And if you want to come up symbolically saying, I need, a, I need a chain broken in my life. There's a way Satan is trying to bind me and this chain needs to be broken. I need to understand once and for all that I am free. We're going to invite you while we're singing uh, just to come on up and we'll give you the loppers and uh, we'll let you take a shot at it. And then you can either take these with you as a reminder or if you want to leave them behind, that's fine too. But what is it this morning that God is saying to you, let go. Break every chain. Break every chain. Let's stand as we sing together. We're going to be up here as we're singing. Just come on up and then we'll, we'll have some fun breaking some chains.
Son sets free, is free indeed. Amen. Amen. I never thought I would dismiss a service saying, Remember the words of Paul McCartney. Don't mess with my rights, buddy, because now I'm free. Yes. I pray this week. Amen. As you go and live your lives, Satan's going to try. He's going to try something. He's going he's to try to bind you up again. And just tell him, don't mess with me, buddy. I'm a free man. I'm a free woman. Jesus Christ has set me free. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Go and live in that freedom. Next week, we're going to talk about the next step. Now that we're free, we are called to be holy through Christ. So go in the peace, the grace, and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Live as free people and give him the honor and glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us, your mercy for us, your grace in difficult times. Lord, help us when in our own hearts and minds we submit to those who would try to take us captive. Lord, help us to understand what it means to be free in you. Give us freedom from those doubts, freedom from those, that pain and sorrow and regret that Satan would just have us live over again and again and again. Help us to be free from those philosophies of life that those who don't know you try to, try to impress on us. Help us to realize that it's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only that we have salvation. Lord, I thank you for that rap sheet that has been cleansed. Erased fully. And it's only the blood of Jesus that you see. Be with us now as we go. We thank you for this time together. Give us a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.